on the cover. Shatter, the electric kid, and Mighty Briar stand in the middle of the New Olympus University quad. Before them, on four grand pillars, are the burning tapestries of the Golden Age legends, Miss Wonder, Jupiter, Rapid, and the Galvanic Man. Floating above, on a diabolic mechanical saucer, stands a white, suited silhouette, adjusting his tie and glaring down at our young heroes. Wonder World Comics proudly presents Heartbreakers, Volume 1, Mechanical Mayhem, Issue 1, Rough Around the Edges. Prepare yourself, dear reader, for another gripping tale of adventure, drama, and self-discovery. This is Wonder World Comics. It is midday at New Olympus University. It is a Saturday afternoon, and there is a gallery of the Golden Age event going on with displays of New Olympus's first generation of heroes and villains. Say... I think uh, we're going to start out the session with Steve rolling his obligations, and we'll see if maybe this becomes one of them. If not, we'll go from there. Absolutely. If he is not covering this for the paper, he is there of his own volition. This is not something he would miss. Let's see. So, when time passes, roll to see how you're managing your obligations. On a hit, things are going pretty well, and you have an opportunity or advantage thanks to one of them. On a 7 to 9, you've lapsed and won your choice. On a miss, you haven't given your normal life anywhere near the attention it deserves. And the GM chooses two obligations that bite me in the ass. Okay. Woo! 11! Awesome. So, Steve is in full-on having his cake and eating it too mode right now. Absolutely. I do think... You hear a knock at your door, though, as you're getting ready this uh, this Saturday before you head out. Yeah. Hey, man, it's it's Germ. It's been a while. You got a second? Dude, Germ, what's up? Come here, man. Germ uh, comes on into the apartment and he's carrying his console girl, little handheld flip. Uh, advanced little <laughs> gaming device. I got it. I just got it. <laughs> He's got a little bag with uh, the Caravan James label on it that's loaded with snacks and says, eh, it's been a while, man. I thought, you know, maybe we could game and have some snacks. Uh, but it looks like you're heading out the door. Oh, yeah, dude, what you got going uh, on? The golden age event going on dude i'm so excited you know they have the galvanic man's actual helmet well one of them actually you know like i think it's the one that can breathe underwater are you kidding me how much does it cost uh i don't know i have a press pass i was gonna say editors no it's free to the public it's funded by the university and anyone can go probably like 50 sure, bucks or something. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you want to give us uh, the readers a quick description of Germ, since this is the first time he's appearing on the panel? Yeah, so Germ is Steve's oldest and dearest friend. Um, he's kind of a heavyset Korean kid. He's got long black hair that's kind of always in his eyes. He's 16. He's got a little kind of patchy stubble on his chin that he's very proud of. 
um, for his birthday. His parents just signed a waiver to so that he could get a tattoo of the text from the one ring around his forearm. She's like, it won't shut up about. But no, he's great. Um, he's uh, super chill. We play a lot of games together. And yeah. Yeah, Germ's the best. Perfect. So Germ just says, oh, I'll just stash these in your room real quick. Let's get going, man. Yeah. And I think we turn the page. And Ryan is going to say, what have you been up to in this past couple of weeks? Everything that's happened. <laughs> uh, Ryan has been grounded for a couple of weeks by Uncle Patrick, <laughs> um, which is basically involved like Uncle Patrick either always sitting with Ryan in the living room or whenever Uncle Patrick goes anywhere apart from work, like Ryan has to go as well. So he's had to go to like, rehearsals at the hijinks and like he's just been like fully under like constant surveillance and i think like today is maybe like her first day of ungrounding like patrick's been like all right you've been punished enough like we're gonna reestablish some trust you can be ungrounded now and like because the universe apparently hates Ryan, she got her period on her first day of freedom. So she's she's feeling pretty like like sad and irritable and just like this was supposed to be the best day ever, but instead I'm like in pain and all I want to do is eat some cake. And it's not at all compounded by the fact that your good buddy Steve is dragging you to this boring university old golden age exhibition when you'd rather be doing probably anything else on your first day of freedom with how you feel? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm like, will there be snacks? Probably not. Uh, will there be cute girls? Probably not. They won't let me wear my skates when we go in, which is just like stupid. (laughs) These heroes are all old. Like where's the mighty briar exhibit? But you do get to get out of the house and, Mainly because of your very responsible and, you know, put-together friend. Who's that? What? Me, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Ha 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 ha, absolutely not. (laughs) I should also say, Ryan is, like, not dressed for anything involving, like, the public. So she's basically in, like, a sports bra and... Uh, some like short blue denim overalls and then some like old like uh, work boots that she stole. She's like, does not look like she's going to something like cool and fit. <laughs> <laughs> it's on a college campus university. So, you know, the grunge look is very in with that age group. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Steve's just wearing hoodie and jeans. Perfect. All right. And then I think we're going to hop over to a little darkness real quick. And just the adorable little jewelry stand you've set up somewhere on campus. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So Lilith makes her money by selling glass trinkets. I think maybe there's some jewelry in her 
booth today, but I think given the event, she is mostly selling these little glass figurines of various golden age heroes. She is dressed subtly as always. She is wearing a um, like black dress that's pretty short um, with these like knee high boots that are black also and some like a very large bright pink bow and yeah she's she's just got a booth in the vendor section where she's hanging out yeah absolutely and as you're hanging out and selling jewelry there's several college students at your stand and business is doing well you hear kind of a nasally voice say hey princess who where's your permit who told you you could set up here and there's this kind of tall spindly gangly looking guy who looks like he's in a rent a cop uniform that says campus security uh with a name tag that says greg on it i'm gonna Um, need to see your papers Lilith is going to look at him and say, um, do you really think they're paying you enough to do that? Like, maybe you should just move on with your day. Don't you have better things to do than bother me? He was definitely trying to uh, shift your freak up in your mundane down, kind of giving you uh, just an out of the blue, what are you doing here? Even if it's not really that warranted. Yeah, she's going to take that. <laughs> Okay. And as he's saying, you know, I don't appreciate the attitude. You see this drone like 20 feet behind him. You just notice it out of the corner of your eye and it fires what looks like a little dart straight at the security guard's neck. Do you do anything? I mean, I do I have time to intervene before it hits him? You do. Yeah, so Lilith is going to take one of these, like one of the larger glass figurines that's behind her and toss it out in the direction of the security guard and then change its shape so that it is forming a bit of a shield behind him. All right, I'm going to have to ask you to roll plus your savior to defend this gentleman named Greg. Yeah, this should be good. Get us off to a good start with Lilith, since that is her worst category. It's a nine. It is a nine. Wow. That's a hit. Uh, When you defend someone or something from an immediate threat, roll savior. On a seven to nine, it costs you. Expose yourself to danger or escalate the situation. Hmm. I'm going to escalate the situation. Yeah, also, uh, you get to add a team to the pool, take influence over someone you protect, or clear a condition. I know it's pretty early on. (laughs) I don't think I care about Greg, the security guard, having influence, or me having influence over him. I have a weird feeling we could use some team in the pool, so... What? So I'm going to take that option, and then escalate. Perfect. So as you throw this class figurine, it does, it stops and Greg is safe. He's spared from this and it shatters everywhere. And the little drone behind you that shot this dart, you see light flash, a little 
LED screen has just a red X that flashes twice. And then it, it wears off very quickly. And you have a feeling you might be seeing it again. But Greg turns around and says, Jeez, what was that thing? Did you stop it? Lilith is going to kind of like look around. Um, and then she's just going to say, Oh my goodness, I don't know, but it like seems like kind of a big security threat. And that seems like your area of expertise. So like maybe you should like go check it out. And Greg just kind of sighs and he pulls up like a nearby folding chair and he sits down and says, you know, thanks. It's you're right. It is a big security thing. And there's there's a lot going on. And I kind of I appreciate you listening. And you get the sense that this is a guy who not many people talk to. And even though you've kind of told him to go away, this is the most interaction he's had. And he's just kind of sitting there talking to you. And the reader sees as this is happening, there's a line of 10 or so drones that are just like now starting to blanket and move into this area as this conversation happens below. And we turn the page. And we're with Steve germ and ryan at the golden age exhibit that is just across the quad in the main uh museum foyer what uh what exhibits are the two of you looking at and checking out and for ryan there are surprisingly a lot more mousy bookworm cute girls than you expected to be here at this event (laughs) um being nerdy is very end there's no taboo and certainly new olympus so there are more things to be checking out than maybe you expected in this scenario. Uh, one of them you can see across is just a stunning blonde girl who's looks about your age in a red blouse and just a gray skirt. In case, you know, I, you were looking for something to say. <laughs> I think R- Ryan's like not feeling hot right now. Uh, so I think Ryan is sort of like standing always standing next to steve and jam but like never looking at what they're looking at always just looking at the girls but is not going to approach any of them because he's just like not not today today is i'm i'm not hot like his so his hair is like not even styled up like it normally is like it's literally just like hanging limp down like he looks he looks like probably people think it's a cool look but to him he's just like this is not this is my like inside look (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> perfect how about steve and germ um steve and germ are at the galvanic man exhibit and steve just won't leave it alone it's kind of fascinated by like more tech-based heroes who kind of had to you know struggle and fight their way up to get to where they were and King Germ, yeah, probably nerding out about that. But if, if Ryan is being really kind of despondent and not really laughing at his really terrible puns, then Steve might definitely notice or say something. Be like, dude, are you uh you feeling all right today? I thought you'd be way more stoked to be out and about again. Ryan's uh, gaze sort of like really slowly moves from the blonde girl. And there's just like the, you know, when comics draw 
like people's eyes and they don't have like a round bit at the top of their eyes because they're so bored. Like it's like Daria-esque. Like <laughs> I am on my period, Steve. That sounds awful. Well, I mean, uh, if it makes you feel better, uh, it turns out Miss Wonder had like 30-something different costumes over the decades that she was active. And some of them are pretty awesome. If you want to go check those out. Now I think I'm comforting and supporting. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Steve would want if Steve was on his period, you know? Yeah. You would want to look at cool costumes. I'm relating to you. Um, oh, God. Okay. This is a one plus a five. This is... It's a six. And that's a, that's a six. Yeah. And plus two mundane yeah. and, and minus two because I'm angry. That makes sense in this scenario. That is also, like, yeah, totally within canon. Steve does not compute and can't relate to that problem at all. Yeah, so Ryan, your your close buddy has not really helped at all in any way whatsoever. How do you feel as he suggests you go check out a different exhibit if you're not feeling too well? I I think... Ryan's face does not even change. Like, it's the same expression. And he just, like, sighs and is like, sure, whatever you want to do, man. To cut the tension, Germ elbows you in the side, Steve, and is like, hey, dude, look over there. And there's a hallway next to the Galvanic Man exhibit that's kind of tucked back in this corner, and it looks like there's just this little adjacent wing that had a rope off with a little sign that said exhibit coming soon, but that's been moved and there's a door open that you can see kind of about 20 feet down this hallway and around that corner. And Jerem says, you want to go check it out, man? Could be cool um, for the uh, Sea Squirrel Tribune. Steve's going to give one kind of last look at Ryan looking very despondent and uninterested and be like uh yeah sure why not and uh head off to investigate this this new situation i think uh i think ryan is gonna give a give jam a look (laughs) and be like yeah sure and then make uh jam her rival My Steve. <laughs> Steve does not feel comfortable right now. He's <laughs> he's already like feels super weird with both of his best friends here. Like they both know he's a superhero, and like, but they both feel very differently about that. And Steve also like. I don't know, like, Germ doesn't have any powers, so he doesn't want to be talking, like, all the time. Like, oh, isn't it so awesome that we can, like, jump over buildings and shit? But, yeah. But it also makes him sad when Ryan is sad. Ryan's also, I think, a little bit, like, 
he's pouting because you invited Germ. And <laughs> Ryan was like looking forward to hanging out with his best friend on his first day of freedom. He then got his period and you invited your oldest, bestest friend who Ryan could never possibly compete with. So there's some pouting going on. We look at these panels of these angsty teen best friends in their civvies going their kind of separate ways at this exhibit. And on the next page, the reader sees Lilith by her stand, now noticing as a swarm of drones is now descended on this quad campus area and is starting to essentially shoot a lot of darts at civilian students on the quad playing frisbee, passing professors, just civilians and the like. And yeah, what do you do? Is Greg still here talking? Greg is talking. Um, He's now talking about his mother and how she was never really proud of him or he never felt like he could, you know, fulfill himself in her eyes. And he's down a rabbit hole and has not at all noticed the drones. Um, So Lilith is going to be sort of picking up and by picking up, I mean, levitating a few of more of her glass trinkets. Um, And she's going to say, I'm going to be honest, Greg, I really think that you need to have a conversation with your mom. Cause like, that sounds like something you need to talk about with her and not me, you know? And then she's just going to start like launching uh, glass like she's going to be reshaping them as she's lifting them up them up into more spear like objects and just like launching them at these drones alright give me a roll to unleash your powers oh excellent boom that is a 10 a- right, beautiful yeah. on a 10 you do it so explain for the readers on the panel what it looks like as you fire off these darts and destroy at least I'd say five drones in the area, about half of the number you can see. Yeah, so it looks pretty cool for one thing. So she's just kind of standing there and she's just levitating all these little glass trinkets that she was going to sell. And you see them just short, sort of shifting midair into these really thick... I, mean, I, I said spears before. I'm, I'm thinking more just like giant bullets they're i don't know they're they're sharp (laughs) and they are being flung very rapidly um they're mostly clear glass but maybe with like a little bit of color so it's just like yeah lots of lots of glass flying everywhere i think some of them are shattering on impact and and there might be some glass raining but what can you do absolutely what's a little shattered glass everywhere and as you do this there is a noticeable reaction from the other drones in the area as they start spinning in place. After a few moments, you notice that they have all turned towards you where you are hovering on your glass disc, and you now have their focus and their attention, and they have started firing darts at you. They are incoming. What do you do? I think we are going to get to see Lilith's first hero transformation of the series. And what does she, that look like on the page? Yeah, no, she has a fantastic, dramatic hero transformation. So she 
again, can reshape glass at will. So she is able to just sort of summon some of the glass in the area. Again, she's surrounded by glass. She's got a lot of glass around her that she can work with right now. And we see some of the glass just sort of swirling into this dress around her. And then we, we see more of the glass also just building up to form her headpiece. Awesome. All right. And what are you doing in response to these, these drones that have now made you their focus? Yeah. So I think Lilith is going to start by making herself a little glass bubble, um, which will serve as both hopefully a shield as well as something she can sort of use to fly. So if she's inside this little glass dome, she can pick it up and then hover on it. So it's convenient. Absolutely. You do that and these darts thud into it and a couple of them stick, but most of this just like clink off as we see shatter on the page for the first time in this stunning full page spread eclipsed in this giant glass bubble that in her full glass dress and black glass headpiece just looks fucking epic. Oh yeah, she's super cool. And sirens have started to sound across the campus. Those typical sirens that sound that have a specific tone for a supervillain attack have begun going off. And we turn the page. And it's a couple minutes before the sirens, we'll say two to three. And as you're heading back into this room, it through this door, you can see this really cool exhibit that features a lot of, it seems, weird engineering in machine designs of New Olympus. Different inventions and artifacts and blueprints that have been made by people who have came to the city or been inspired by it. And a lot of things are covered by tarps, but there are some old automobiles and some different gadgets and stuff from different heroes that have been donated over the years. And at the very back of this room, there is what looks like a portrait that is covered with a tarp. And in front of it, you see an odd silvery automaton. I think the best way I can describe it is a robot butler. It looks like he is wearing a vest that comes together in two large plates on his chest. And along his back, there are a series of pipes, something similar to what you might see on a pipe organ. Um, he has one eye that's covered with a monocle, but instead of a lens, it has like a zooming camera lens. He's kind of a steampunk C-3PO in silvery white. What do you and Germ do as you see this? I think Germ kind of says, dude, are you... He just kind of rubs his eyes and says, the hell is that thing? Steve's going to kind of give Germ a quick little, like, stay back glance and take a step forward and be like, uh, Man, what does Steve say? I don't know. What does <laughs> That's Steve say? That's why you asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, let's see. So he's looking at this like giant portrait. It's covered in a tarp. Yeah, it looks like there are like you notice now as you're kind of looking around, probably assessing the situation um, that there are a couple of drones in this room with him. And it looks like they're trying to rig this covered portrait to, to maybe lift it up. And if you would like to, as you're kind of taking this all in, give me a roll to assess the situation. Yeah, I would love to. Let's see, that's with my superior, correct? It is. Yes. Cool. Awesome. I'm not guilty. <laughs> I am, however. Uh, <laughs> I must have like some some. Oh man, yeah, that is a uh, three. That is a one plus one plus one. <laughs> okay, so as you tell Germ to hold for a second and you take a couple tentative steps forward to get a closer look, um, you step on something loud and that just crunches under your foot. It's a piece of broken glass, and this robot butler's head just turns and swivels on uh, its shoulders and looks at you and says, Hmm, that was not part of the plan. I was going to make a Dorian Gray pun, but I just couldn't get there in time. You could make the pun unless no. That that's was what the Steve was saying. I didn't get it. <laughs> oh. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and this robot that stands before you, its body rotates under it to match its head that had swiveled around, that's and you see cool. on its <laughs> on its vested chest a little plate that says Nicholsworth. Nicholsworth says. This is not to plan. There must not be interference. And he raises one arm and releases a spring-loaded fist mechanism that just launches and to kind of get you in the gut. And you are thrown through the drywall behind you into the next room. Yeah, I'm gonna like just be like, Germ, get out of here! And like jump and front of it so he doesn't get hit yeah absolutely you give him just enough of a shove to get out of the way a rescuing shove and you just get hit by the spring-loaded fist and it, it sends you through the drywall and into one of the exhibits of the galvanic man's uh costumes that's on display as you kind of like get up and brush yourself off you're not actually hurt You've taken quite a few hits now, and you're tougher than... I'm really good you know, at it at this point. Maybe, <laughs> you know, some readers may have thought Steve would have been, but you notice that the problem isn't really the hit that you took, but you're now standing up after you've gone through a wall in front of a bunch of different people at this museum, and there is kind of now, after like a moment's of everyone staring at you in these nice fancy costumes and stuff. And I guess the grungy college students and everything else have a panic and alarms start going off. Ryan, you may have noticed at this point, Steve has been thrown through a wall. I was just looking again. for the bathroom. <laughs> what were you going to say, Ryan? Uh, where, where are the, the miss whoever, costumes that i was supposed to be looking at because i definitely would have gone and looked at them just to spite jam 
this museum is in kind of a large open atrium area. So it was around like this kind of rectangular space. So you're across the room, probably about 50 feet away, but you can still see where this kerfuffle has happened. I feel like uh, I was pointedly looking at the costumes and then I heard a big crash and then I did not look around. (laughs) I feel like I'm the only person in the room who didn't turn around to look at what that noise was. (laughs) Not my circus, not my monkeys. (laughs) Steve, I want to give you a second to react before I do anything else. I just can't believe you heard a crash and didn't immediately think it was Steve. Oh, I thought it was Steve. (laughs) (laughs) But he's, he's got germ. Okay. He's over there with germ. Germ can go save him. (laughs) Oh man. Ryan is mad. (laughs) Um, uh, Steve is looking around and obviously thinks the alarms are for him. And it's just like, I was just looking for the bathroom. I don't actually know how I got here. And at that point, along with the alarms from the museum, uh, the campus-wide alarms have started going off. And in this large, open, rectangular atrium, Ryan and Steve, you guys look up and you can see that there are what looks like just endless swarm of drones crossing overhead and amassing around the university. Ryan's gonna lean over to the closest uh, university student and say is this normal? I actually think the closest person to you without maybe you noticing was the blonde from earlier and (laughs) this just stunning blonde girl who looks to be about 17 years old looks over you and says oh a a villain attack you mean yeah these happen all the time she kind of gives you a wink in a way that's just very unpanicked and unbothered for the chaos that it's unfolding and how everyone is maybe used to super villain attacks but certainly isn't smiling and you know obviously flirting during this whole encounter but this this individual is and you see on a little my name is name tag on her chest the name ruby fuck fucking shit fuck i think ryan are you notices what (laughs) me ruby looks at you after you start cussing (laughs) no (laughs) Are, are you okay ryan just like and then like turns around and storms towards Steve yeah Steve has been looking around wildly for Ryan at this point and is like oh my god what do we do what do we do why don't you ask Jim Jim's not a fucking superhero (laughs) neither are you Steve yeah, you're both having this conversation in your civvies. No one's paying attention, so you're not like in danger of them overhearing over the loud sirens and them rushing around. I just want the readers to have a clear scene of like <laughs> people running past you and brushing. There's no clear, really, sign of what should be happening. Some people are running from you. Some people are running from the drone. Some people are running outside. It's a mess. 
I think as they're arguing, the brambles are coming out of Ryan's tattoo. They're almost like, there's like a lot of them. Like normally there's like, you know, a couple of big ones that then will like turn into a fist or something, but there's like a lot of smaller ones and they're sort of like coming out and almost like wrapping around Ryan in like, a hug kind of thing like a spiky hug because they're brambles but like they're like protectively like going up and down his arms and across his chest and just kind of like wrapping around him all right does steve do anything in this moment as this is happening or is he still lost in the sauce shit 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 i'm gonna go change i'll be right back i'll be right back and uh, he's going to go run and find, like, the nearest bathroom or pillar or shady corner and pull his mask and his vest out of his backpack. I think there's definitely a photo booth. Oh, perfect. Doesn't have a great reason to be here, but is here because people like photo booths at events. And <laughs> that is fully available. No one's taking photos. and. Luckily, no one was hiding in it during this event. Oh, good. There's not much shelter to be had in a photo booth. <laughs> Unless you're doing a teen hero quick change. Right, right. Later, which is exactly later, when they've, later when they've made up, Steve and Ryan need to get a photo booth photo in there. Yes! <laughs> As you come out suited and ready to go to face whatever threat you're about to find... Do you go back to where Germ and you found this automaton, or what do you guys do? I think Ryan is gonna um, Ryan is gonna try to see if anyone is struggling to get out of the building and try to help them. I think after a few moments, the museum and the uh, college staff get a little bit of an orderly evacuation line going. There was the initial panic because of alarms and things coming through walls. But after no immediate like havoc has been brought up on these people yet, the drone swarm outside not included. They have a little bit of evacuation system in place and they're moving people down into tunnels to a supervillain bunker. That is, you know, they're pretty common around a new Olympus and they have one that connects all the buildings on campus. So there is a semi-orderly evacuation headed in that direction. The drones are still passing overhead. It looks like they've formed kind of like this barrier net around at least what you can see through the uh, skylight. Clear mechanical noises coming from the hole in the wall that Steve made. Steve's going to look to see if Germ is like getting to safety. You see over in one of the lines, Germ is like waving at you, like super excited in a way that most other people aren't and kind of like catches himself and then like pulls his hand down and gives you like a tries to like cup his hand around a thumbs up and like winks at you. Um, And Mal's get him, bud, uh, to you that you can just kind of like make out. And he's he's heading down into the bunkers to safety. Awesome. I, I give him a salute and uh, I'm going to turn around and go marching back through the hole in the wall that I was thrown through earlier. Uh, awesome. 
And as you go through this hole in the wall, you see there is another hole in the wall that has been apparently created by these machines, and it is leading out into the quad, where you see what looks like a hero encased in some sort of bubble of some kind. Steve's first thought of seeing awesome-looking girl superhero in action is like, oh man, Ryan is gonna miss this. <laughs> um, his second thought is he should probably do something. So, yeah. Oh, Ryan, did you follow Steve through this hole in the wall? Yeah, I think uh, if the um, evacuation is all under control, Ryan's gonna follow Steve, but at the same time, he's calling Uncle Patrick. Because the reason he got in so much trouble last time was that he was, you know, at a dangerous thing and he didn't call Patrick like he said he would. And Ryan doesn't want to get grounded again, so he's calling Uncle Patrick while he's walking through this hole in the wall. <laughs> hey, kid. What's up? There's, like, some villain attacking the university, but it's I'm okay, it's cool. Just letting you know. I gotta go help oh, some... Wait, no, there's th there's an evacuation route. Get to the bunkers under campus. Right. You hear no, me, but Ryan? You go into the I bunkers. Have, one of my one of my friends is out here, so I gotta just go I just gotta go get him and then I will I'll get I'll get right on that. There are people who will handle that, Ryan, and he is trying to shift your labels Ooh. and he is trying to lower your savior, telling you that you should not be the one that's going out there and doing this. You should be going under the bunker with the rest of the civilians. And he's raising your mundane. Look, I hate to do it to him. But um, I'm not going to accept that. All right. Give me that flat roll to reject. Yeah. I hate fighting with Patrick. I hate fighting with Steve. Everything's stupid. Today's stupid. You didn't have That's to call him. <laughs> That's a seven. I did. He told me to. That's a seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. When you reject someone's influence, roll. On a hit, you successfully hold to yourself and tune them out. On a seven to nine, choose one. Clear a conditional mark potential by immediately acting to prove them wrong. Shift one label up and one label down of your choice. Cancel their influence and take plus one forward against them. All right. So which are you going to choose, Ryan? Or I I'm should say Mighty Briar at this point, as you've <laughs> brought out your brambles. I'm going to shift my labels, my own labels. Ryan's going to say, Patrick said, like, there's, there's people who will handle that, right? Yeah. I think... I think Ryan's crying right now. I think Ryan's Ryan doesn't like fighting with his two favorite people in the world. So he's like crying, but very um, kind of like sternly saying like, if I was in danger, you wouldn't just go into the bunker. And that's how I feel about Steve. And he's going to shift his savior up and his 
mundane down, I guess. Do the opposite of what Patrick was trying to do. And then he's going to say, I love you and hang up. Juicy. All right. We have just a wonderful panel for our readers of this first encounter, or maybe first encounter of these three heroes together, Shatter and her glass bubble and black glass crown, the electric kid and the mighty briar coming out of this hole in the museum wall to this swarm of drones and this robotic butler, Nicholsworth, in front of you. What do you all do? I think while Ryan was on the phone, Steve was running out to wherever this hero is kicking ass out here and uh, kind of slides to a stop and is like, Hi, I'm the electric kid. What's the situation? Uh, ma'am. She can't really hear him. She's in a glass bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'd like to take a powerful blow. <laughs> Go for it, then. No, I was just... Oh, I mean... I'm saying, you're always welcome to. <laughs> he would kind of realize this after a second and be like, cool, got it. And then, like, turn around and start fighting drones, I guess. <laughs> Okay, how does that look on the page as you start to engage these drones? So I think Steve is going to, uh, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of juice right now. So I think he's going to just be trying to, like, drain the power out of the drones themselves and just, like, take that away from them. Okay, I think that is part of your power set and something that you're able to do, but there are about 15 drones kind of swarming around at this point. So if you want to try to draw from them all at once, I'm going to need a roll to unleash your powers. Yeah. If you want to focus them one-on-one, you can do that, but there will be a response from them. Yeah, no, he's he's going to unleash his powers then. Um, all right. His freak is minus one right now because he does not feel like a superhero. But he's not hopeless, so he's going to give it a shot anyway. It would be a directly engaged threat, but I think Shatter has done a very good job of drawing this attention. So you have this this moment where they're not really focused on you or haven't identified you as a threat yet. Awesome. Oh, I didn't. Situational bonus penalty. Damn you. That extra click. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so, so I rolled a, is a, f- a five. Five. But uh, I do think we are going into battle versus a dangerous foe. <laughs> we start the session with one team in the pool. You've already added an extra. So we started with two. We should be up to, I believe, four now mm-hmm. at the start of the team moves. And yeah. I will find that team mechanic. All right. When you enter battle against a dangerous foe as a team, add two to the pool. We are up to four. Okay. I'm going to ask, who is the leader of this team? Uh, Steve thinks it's Lilith because she was tier first and is fighting the bad guys and obviously know what's going on. Ryan, Ryan thinks it's the electric kid. Um, he always, always thinks it's the electric kid. <laughs> <laughs> I think Lilith might also think it's Steve. 
I mean, she's kind of doing her thing. She does recognize Steve. I, she thinks he's, he's neat. <laughs> so <laughs> This is so different. It's like I'm living in another <laughs> world right now. <laughs> I love it. It's just unfamiliar. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess Steve can be the leader. <laughs> All right. Does Steve have influence over every teammate? I have influence over Ryan. Uh, do I have influence over Lilith? You do indeed. Ooh. Okay. Um, so Lilith is giving everyone influence on the team, so. Well, awesome. you're up to five team. If everyone has the same purpose in the fight, add another team. What is your purpose in this fight here? My purpose is to protect the civilians from these drones and stop whatever robot butler guy is planning. You do see that a lot of the civilians in the area have been hit with darts, and especially the ones who have like several visible darts have started to become real lethargic or are, you know, kind of laying down around campus. Some people have clearly been knocked out by them. Yeah. So probably stopping that. Lilith or Shatter, I should say. Yeah, Shatter sees a situation going down and she wants to stop it. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Uh, yeah, so I think um, Ryan, I don't like Ryan didn't wear her super suit under her clothes today. So I do think that Ryan is just in her civvies doing this. But she's going to do exactly what she told Patrick she was going to do, and she's going to help Steve. That's her purpose, to help Steve, whatever he wants to do. Okay, I'm going to count that as everyone has the same purpose, so we're up to six team in the pool. Um, does any member mistrust the leader or the team? No. I mean, I implicitly trust hot girls, and Steve is my best friend, so. <laughs> okay, yeah. Did I count? Steve sees... A person in what is clearly a superhero outfit, clearly fighting supervillains, and assumes that Lilith is a hero and therefore trusts her completely. And Ryan is his ride or die, so he always trusts Ryan. All right. And is your team ill-prepared or off-balance? Steve feels real off-balance right now, personally. His... His... Was hoping that Ryan and Germ would get along and then he would have like two friends to hang out with, but they kind of backfired. Mixing friend groups is hard. It is. Yeah, Ryan's definitely off balance. Being on your period does that to you. So true. Yeah, let's run it out with Shatter. How are you feeling? Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> all right even still yeah, there we'll remove this. a team from the pool she's like a little worried about greg and his issues with his mom but she's fine oh she's so sweet <laughs> especially since greg is he has some things to work on himself um he he's does. part of the problem <laughs> <laughs> okay so steve would you like to mark a condition to avoid removing that six team from the pool or are we going to go into battle with five I think five sounds like plenty, if I'm being honest here. Okay, and with that five, would we like to add to Steve's Unleash His Power roll, or are we about to see what happens? 
What did he get? A five? He got a five, yes. It would take two team at this point to get it to um, a hit. I mean, I think Lilith is already kind of helping to distract these drones. I think she, apart from floating around in her glass bubble and drawing their fire, is picking up slabs of glass and dropping them on top of drones to try and slam them into the ground and break them. Ooh. Perfect. That's one team. Um, Does Ryan want to contribute? Or would Steve like to be selfish? No, I think I think Ryan's definitely gonna I think um basically I feel like maybe as Steve because Steve's trying to draw he's trying to draw power from them, isn't he? Yes, he is mm-hmm. targeting the about fifteen or twenty drones that are kinda here in this area that are targeting and very aggressively trying to get to Lilith. Her glass is held, but at this point they are starting to alter tactics and they have started lobbing these kind of metallic balls that are starting to take nicks and cracks like hail hitting uh, a windshield so i think um maybe like what happens is as steve's trying to draw power from them maybe like a couple of them sort of turn and focus their attention on steve and i think that from behind them mighty briar just like punches them both (laughs) double fist just all right. That brings us up to a seven. Are we marking a condition, Electric Kid? Or are we oh. going to see how this is unstable or temporary? Oh, man. This is going to be unstable or temporary. Um, All right. But Steve is going to, as soon as he sees the brambles and, like, pulls it off, he's like, oh, yeah. Like, he's instantly back in, like, okay, superhero mode. Ryan's got my back and is just going to instinctively turn around and go for a fist bump. Yeah, you'll get a little... I think a, a little a little smaller fist comes out of the giant fist you just punch the drones with and fist bumps you. <laughs> yeah. Aww. All right. Would you like to, or should I describe how it looks on the comic panel as you just absolutely deplete the batteries of this swarm that's been assaulting you? Um. Yeah, I think like I'm like get like I've got just like these webs of electricity dancing between all the drones as I'm trying to draw it in, and it looks like it's working. And so I like maybe a little prematurely like turn around to celebrate with Ryan and get a fist bump. All right, and you draw this power, and it it was a hit. Like, you do drain them, and you have the power of these 20 drones that is now bolstering your electromagnetic powers, and these drones start dropping like flies out of the sky, ceasing the immediate threat in the area, and you all have a moment of reprieve to kind of assess as these alarms have started to go off the campus is starting to be evacuated you're seeing fewer civilians now um, besides the ones who have clearly been knocked out and disabled and as you look around you can all notice that there is a weaving net of other drones that are similar but a little different design that have surrounded this campus and you're near the edge of one of the edges of campus and you can tell that 
there are some people who are trying to escape and get through this wall of drones and they are just absolutely being denied. If people come near it, there is just this gas that is putting off something probably similar to these docile darts that is knocking people out and keeping them away from the edges. And if any other type of resistance, there are some people with powers. This is New Olympus and a college campus. So there are either minor heroes or other people who are around. You see Blythe, who some of you may know, some of you may not. Readers will recognize her as a resident of the library. And she is using some arcane fire to try to take out some of the drones, but any one that she knocks out with fireballs is just being replaced by another. What do you do in this brief brief reprieve that you have? Um, I'm going to turn to the other two and say, uh, okay, we got to find out what's controlling these things and take it out. I'm guessing it has something to do with the robot butler over there. Lilith has floated down and, like, removed at least part of her glass bubbles so she can actually hear him this time. (laughs) Hi, I'm the electric kid, by the way. Oh my goodness, you're that zappy guy. I know you. Wait, you do? Well, I know, like, of you. I'm Shatter. You have cool glass powers. Thanks. Steve's going to look at Ryan, like, with a questioning look, like, am I doing this right? (laughs) Ryan's just going to nod sagely. (laughs) (laughs) And as you're having this little interaction, the unstable or temporary has come to find out what has happened to his drones. And over one of the more one of the older buildings on campus, you see this odd mechanical saucer float up with a figure standing on top of it. It is, I really have no other better way of describing it besides very similar to one of the machines Dr. Eggman likes to ride around on. It is a metallic structure with four little uh, engine boosters on each side, keeping it afloat. It has all sorts of devices, gadgets, and different things sticking out. Some things that look similar to turrets, other things that are just putting off electricity. And on the top, there's a platform and a figure. Four white lights illuminate him, and he is wearing a crisp, what looks to be a white suit, but the whole figure is just engulfed in a pure white light. It seems... All you can really see besides the fact that he is wearing a suit in his outline is his tie clip, a uh, lapin on his collar, his his cufflinks, and a very expensive looking watch. Yeah, he is just shrouded completely in this kind of impenetrable white light. And Steve, you will recognize him as you cover the city as the conductor a villain who's been around since the late Bronze Age in New Olympus. He controls these diabolical different types of machines. You can now kind of recognize Nicholsworth as part of his regular arsenal. And he is the arch nemesis of your favorite hero, the Mantis. Oh, shit. Dude, are you seeing this? Okay, okay, okay. Shit. <laughs> wait, wait. Were you talking to Ryan? Because if you're talking to Ryan, Ryan is going to arch their eyebrow and look at Shadow. 
instead of like be like, why are you asking me? You know, ask the ask the hot chick. Dude. Okay, we need a plan. This guy's beaten Mantis before, so we need to uh, be smarter than the smartest man in the world right now. Don't worry, though. I think I fought this boss before in a video game. We need to look for the large glowing weak points to take down the force field before we can hit him three times. I'm going to swing my arm over the electric kid's shoulder and say what he means to say is that the electric kid totally has this and has a plan that is not at all based on a video game, but based on his extensive superhero experience. Isn't that right, EK? Steve gulps audibly. (laughs) (laughs) Was Uh, Ryan trying to shift his labels right there? Absolutely, I think he is. That's not how you flirt, electric kid. Get out (gasps) of here. Feel like Steve felt like his labels were being shifted there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he was trying to shift his superior up, and Steve's freak down. Who? I accept that. <laughs> <laughs> Steve kind of nods. And says, uh, okay, real plan this time. His saucer is made of metal. We need to drag it to the ground. So if we had another big piece of metal, I could maybe make like a magnet thing or something. And then that would give Ryan a shot to punch the guy in the face really hard. And, And Shatter, can you keep doing your thing with the glass and the drones? Oh, like absolutely. Cool. Cool. I was hoping you would say that. All right. So uh, let's go do our jobs. This is already glass bubbled again, and she's like floating away. All right. And as you guys go to engage this threat, it becomes very clear and very evident very quickly that the first thing you're going to need to do is get through Nicholsworth, who has very adamantly raised his mechanical silvery white hand towards you and said no further the master is working Uh, I think Ryan's gonna crack the knuckles on a plant fist and say uh, so are we Uh, punch it give me that roll to directly engage a threat While Ryan is doing this, Steve is just like, so uh, are you going to punch him in the face or do you want me to? Okay, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it's plus danger, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I rolled a 10 plus one is 11. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Um, How does it look on the comic panel as you charge forward towards Nicholsworth? I think it's like actually quite the opposite. I don't think I charge. I think I walk quite calmly and slowly. And then 
uh, when Nicholsworth kind of like puts his hand up and it's like the master is working. I think Ryan just punches his hand straight into his face. All right. You uh, just collide your metal fist and it clearly just takes this automaton back. But nickel is a very hard, dense and ductile metal that flexes back when hit. So you see these kind of hinges and different mechanisms and pistons fire and these mechanisms and locks release as Nicholsworth body kind of moves and adjusts with this blow. And he kind of unhinges at the waist and you do take off the top half of him. But from his waist and below where he has what looks like a little butler's sash slash apron and fanny pack that portion remains and there is a clink noise that happens loudly enough for you all to hear and a cable springs out from one of his knees and locks into the other and as ryan sails past him taking the top half with him this bolus fires out from his you know disjointed lower half and is headed straight at Steve, and it like catches you around the waist, and you are just wrapped up as Ryan tumbles forward. Shatter, what are you doing? Wait, wait, wait! wait. Can I get my pick my things? Oh my yeah, th- pick your things. I, everyone has to remind me about the mechanics. Thank you. That's cool. I just I want to re- resist or avoid their blows as I always do, um, which I guess I already did. But I was also going to yeah. create an opportunity for my allies. Beautiful. I think this opportunity is available to uh, shatter. So, so wait, Steve is wrapped up in what exactly? A bolus. Um, basically, you can now see that after the kneecaps of this automaton fired off, two more knees have reloaded in. And as you look closer, there is what looks like these billiards ball sized balls in like a canister of like five that are in Nicholsworth knees that are kind of like this reloadable bolus technology and uh, that has wrapped around Steve's arms and he is he is on the ground wrapped up at the moment Shatter is going to summon a little glass tornado that can be pretty effective at cutting through things I think it's just like a little tornado of tiny shards of glass that can do some damage. And what do you do with this tornado of glass? Send it towards Nicholsworth's bottom half. (laughs) All right. Um, What is your goal as you're doing this? Are you trying to decimate it? Are you trying to accomplish something specific with it? Are you trying to keep it away from Steve? Well, Steve Electric said kid. to, yeah, no, Electric Kid said to deal with the drones. And as far as she's concerned, this is just a drone. So she's really just following orders here. Absolutely. Okay, give me that role plus danger to directly engage this threat. Indeed. That is a 10. All right. There's some rolls for us. <laughs> Shatter is having a little bit better first outing than the other Heartbreakers. 
Yeah, <laughs> she is absolutely showing that her time in the villainous world has taught her and her, you know, manipulation of glass to be a really refined technique. And that is just super evident here. All right. On a 10 plus, you get to pick two. Resist or avoid their blows. Take something from them. Create an opportunity for your allies or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. Yeah, I'd like to resist or avoid their blows. And I would like to take Steve from them. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So you send this glass tornado forward and it engulfs the lower half of Nicholsworth. And it is not ripping it to shreds because the nickel is tough, but there are plenty of small glass shards that are just shredding his internal hydraulics and his fuel lines. If anyone here was more mechanically inclined, they'd see he's just an odd but very ingenious amalgamation of a steam-powered and hydraulic system and an internal combustion engine. And he is losing all of the necessary fluids for him to keep running. And how do you uh, get Steve out of his uh, wrapped up bolus? You have that opportunity and he is absolutely yours, but I'm curious to see it described on the panel. I don't know. (laughs) Please pick him up. KT picking up Sam style, please cradle him in your arms, put him in your pocket, please. (laughs) There doesn't have to be a moment there. I just saw potential for one, so I was going to kind of (laughs) like nudge it. No, I think maybe she will step out of her glass bubble again and, and just sort of offer him a hand up. Yeah. Steve will accept it and pull himself to his feet. And he is watching the conductor. Is there, Has like the conductor come over to gloat or something? The conductor has taken over essentially conducting or orchestrating the drones in the area and making sure that he was keeping people out. He is also in this process, the drones that had lifted and hoisted this covered painting were attaching it to the bottom of his saucer. And you could actually see after some of the shards of glass from the tornado had flown loose, that the tarp covering this painting has been partially ripped. And on it, you see a slightly dated painting with figures that look slightly younger but familiar. Steve, you can recognize that one of the people in the painting looks awful like a kid named Grayson in your history class at the New Olympus South Burbs High. And Ryan, you notice that one of the figures flanking on the left side is just unmistakably the girl Ruby that you ran into in the museum earlier. And this painting is clearly what the conductor was after, and he has it secured. And in moments, he will probably be interacting with you guys, but I was kind of giving you guys a second. Nicholsworth, his his butler, he had kind of expected to handle this more thoroughly. Okay. Steve is going to shout out at the conductor and uh, 
the uh hey asshole we dismantled your toys got anything to say for yourself and trying to pierce the mask i'm trying to provoke him to just come over here and gloat to us basically i don't think he's susceptible to your words at all well i shouted at him anyway <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, but I hate to say he he sees himself as one of the uh, more ominous uh, villains of the city, and yeah, he spars with the likes of Mantis, and apparently wins occasionally. So this kid shouting at him from below does not move or really garner his attention. You'd have to do more or be going for a, a different a different well, something. Sh- Shatter just assumed that he didn't hear the electric kid and <laughs> thought maybe if we got closer. So she's going to form a glass disc under them and just bring the electric kid, like float them both up there so that they're on the same level and can have like a civil conversation. Shatter has been enough. I think part of your playbook is you've been around in the villain world for seven several years. So, do you think you'd be recognizable to a villain who does keep a lot of tabs on the city? If he keeps close enough tabs, if he doesn't know her directly, he, I'm sure, is aware of a, a glass-powered person, and it's, it's not like a super common, you know. Okay, so as you rise up on these glass platforms, the conductor's saucer shifts and turns towards you and says ah shatter from the citizens united front what does that organization have to do here what are you after um in case you didn't hear i'm like actually unaffiliated these days and i was just wondering like could you like not and she kind of like gestures at the the ground and everything that's going on and she might be trying to pierce the mask <laughs> All right. She's, she's trying to have a conversation with him, right? Yeah, give me that role plus mundane. <sighs> that is also a 10. Um, <laughs> Rolling out of the park. Shatter, holy shit. Shatter the new leader of the Heartbreakers. <laughs> Most competent. Um, so she is also activating a move called Wrong Side of the Tracks. Sorry about that. <laughs> so just, you know, summons cars. No. Um, <laughs> Vice is zipping by the campus right now. <laughs> Vice is watching. He's like, and they didn't invite me. <laughs> I'm sure it's what's going through his head. He's seen a report um, that the conductor's out there and he is fervently racing to try to get there to spike. He's just on the other side of the drone wall and mad about it. Yeah, he can't get in. <laughs> he has no yeah. way to pierce through this. <laughs> So, Shatter's move, wrong side of the tracks, you always get to ask an additional question when you pierce the mask of a villain. Okay, well, that'll give you uh, four questions. Holy shit. We have, what are you really planning? What do you want me to do? What do you intend to do? How could I get your character to? And how could I get influence over you? In one second, I gotta deal with my cat. (laughs) The cats are choosing violence tonight. Steve is going to, um, as she's kind of addressing him, just kind of 
lean closer to her and just kind of whisper out of the corner of his mouth, just like, I just need to get him a little closer. Okay. I hope you guys are ready for something fucking like <laughs> bullshit to happen because you guys didn't take Ryan, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Chatter's not prepared for that, but maybe Steve should. Next time, next time, Justin says, "Ryan, what are you doing while this is happening?" You guys get ready to get fucked up. <laughs> Ryan has so much FOMO today. <laughs> Ryan's sensitive today. I mean, like, let's just start with what are you really planning? I don't know if you want more dialogue from Lilith and. What did she say? Can you, like, not? <laughs> that is entirely up to you. I don't think it's required for the move. He says, I'm here to retrieve what's mine. Simple enough. Um, so, I guess for the second question, we'll go with, how can I get your character to leave? <laughs> or maybe not leave, but, like, Stop terrorizing people. He's ready to leave now. He has what he wants. It's more on you to stop him if you were to. Because his plans are wrapping up and he has successfully gotten what he wants out of this. Okay. So I guess the answer to get him to go away would be to not stop him from going away. Because he will be leaving with this and... No punishment if he can. Um, well, Steve said he needed to get a little bit, bit closer. So, Lilith, since they're on this floating platform, is going to try and, and inch this platform a little bit closer. While just uh, also still trying to keep his attention and say, You mean like that, that painting? Because, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think if you want that, it's like an okay choice, but I'm, I'm kind of questioning your interior design choices, but also like, I don't know. I think people should do what makes them happy, but also they shouldn't attack public universities, even if it makes them happy. That's rich coming from the most prolific bank robber in recent Olympus history, but we all have our ends. <laughs> She's going to laugh and say, I wasn't the most prolific. <laughs> you were certainly more successful than Lethal Laser and Sir Sinister have been. Well, yeah, but like, not the most prolific. <laughs> I think the conductor kind of senses that he's in a loop of stroking Shatter's ego. <laughs> and is just looking at her, seeing if she has anything else for him. He's not re-engaging he does believe she is the most prolific bank robber in recent history though she's a little flattered <laughs> <laughs> what does Steve think about this conversation that's fairly cordial between this new person you've met who um, seems to have been revealed as a villain at least at one point and is having this interesting conversation and I mean you Steve still have your remaining questions too so Steve just leveled up from missing a whole bunch today. And on his advancement, I took Dangerous Web, which is a Janus move. 
So this whole time, while Steve has been getting inched closer and closer to the conductor, um, he hasn't really like taken the wraps of the bolus off around him. Um, he's just kind of like wrapped in this wire. And he's been just slowly ramping up all of the energy that he's been that he sucked out of the drones and turning himself into a giant electromagnet. And he is now close enough that he can unleash that energy and just repel the conductor's little disc straight down into the ground. And yeah, so Dangerous Web, when you reveal a trap you've left for someone using your powers, roll plus your mask's label. On a hit, your opponent trips into it, and you get an opening or opportunity against them. On a 10+, plus, take plus one going forward. Pursuing this, on a miss, the trap inadvertently leads to a dangerous escalation. And this also makes Steve feel like a badass superhero, and less like someone who's just trying to get his friends to get along. So he is uh, affirming his superhero identity and swapping his mundane with his freak. So he now has plus two freak instead of minus two. <laughs> and before we have you make that roll, I am going to give Kyra the opportunity to ask the rest of her questions as we see this, like the reader sees that this web that Steve is setting up to ensnare the conductor as he's caught in maybe not a villain monologue, but the classic back and forth with a hero. Oh, wow. That is I, I don't think I realized I got that many questions. <laughs> You That's did like get four, and you don't have to use four, but you got three yeah. and then an extra one. You basically you know, get to choose which question you don't want to ask. <laughs> um, I am. I, I probably won't use the fourth one, but I maybe I'm curious how could I gain influence over you since he is kind of like Stroken Harigo a little. <laughs> you could gain influence over him. By dropping Steve and helping him get away, <laughs> he kind of sees you as a potential fellow villain. Noted. Um, I'm not going to do think, that. I think side to that, you could also, even if it did inconvenience him, any other really impressive displays of your power, like shown before would catch the eye of this villain who really values control and considers himself a strong villain. So he, um, you would gain influence over him if he saw you at a similar strength level as him. And one more feat might do that. Okay. And before, as this trap is being weaved, does Ryan want to have any reactions as... He has been left on the ground, and it's been several minutes, at least five minutes. You're just watching your best friend and someone else, the other, the second someone else of today, having a conversation with the first real supervillain, and you're not even a little bit of a part of it right now. Uh, yeah, when when you were sorting out your cat, I maybe made some threats against uh, <laughs> Steve and Lilith. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> Where? So, uh, Ryan has sort of like, he's sort of like picked himself up from like the sort of momentum of punching through the uh, Nicholsworth guy. 
he's seen Lilith save Steve, which is normally what he does. So not only has Jam been the best best friend today, Lilith has been the best teammate today. So I think Ryan is going to stand directly underneath the conductor and shoot some brambles up and try to grab the uh, disc and pull it towards him. I think this happens at the exact same moment that Steve unleashes his trap, and I am going to have you both roll. I think, Ryan, I'm going to have you roll a directly engage your threat, and then, Steve, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you know what you're rolling. Yep. Right as Steve is... This is... Oh, man, this is actually so perfect. Uh, Ryan... Oh my god. Okay, sorry. Um, so right at Steve, before he unlaunches, unleashes the thing, he's like, Hey, smarmy asshole, I've got a question for you. Do you know why you've already lost? I brought friends. The plural really hurts. But that's fine. She's <laughs> <laughs> just gonna kind of cock her head and look at him because she didn't know they were friends. And... You just see, in kind of like that confused dog fashion, but not as dopey, the conductor just cock his head to the side as he looks at you. Also, this does not go well for Steve. <laughs> oh god. I had another that. five. Uh, yeah, who, who, who's rolling first, or do I need to... Well, I mean, we you're both time? rolling at the same time. I'm going okay. to resolve them simultaneously, sort of. I think that's just so hilarious if these things just happen. Well, Ryan got a 10, so. (laughs) Okay, so read your move for me again real quick. Right. Uh, Michael. Reveal the trap you've left, roll plus your mass label. On a miss, the trap inadvertently leads to a dangerous escalation. Okay, so as you say this to the conductor, describe on the panel how you're triggering this trap and I will tell you how it leads to a dangerous escalation. I, and then um, we will resolve Ryan's move. Unleash my electromagnetic energy that I've been storing up and just like use it to just uh, blast him straight down towards the ground. That's what I was trying to do. It doesn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then Ryan, uh, you have directly engaged a threat with a 10 plus. Pick two from the list. Uh, I'm going to resist or avoid being hit in the face with this thing that I'm yanking towards me. Uh, And I would also like to take something from the villain. Whether that's his disc or something else, I don't mind. Okay, awesome. So as this happens, Steve, you channel and you unleash your trap. You are new to the world of these types of physics and you haven't considered polarities or what type of polarity you may be charged with and unfortunately you are even know what that is of the exact same charge and this just creates a very powerful blowback and you are just instead of launching the conductor into the ground you have launched yourself And the closest source to ground is right below you. So you are going to be pulled through this glass disc into the ground off of this (laughs) glass disc. I'm going to ask you to take a powerful blow and shatter. You no longer have what was floating on and you are 
midair at the moment. And before we resolve that, Ryan, you've shot these brambles upwards and these vines have secured you to the ground. Some brambles snake through the bottom of your feet and like kind of center you. And this just absolutely as these brambles shoot upwards have grounded you and the electricity from Steve, instead of dangerously blowing everywhere is channeled straight to ground. So that threat is averted. And just as he's cocking his head snarkily and about to say something about how Steve just royally messed this up, the electric kid, the conductor just has his platform just pulled out from under him as he loses his balance and starts to plummet as your brambles rip into it and pull it down. And you have control over this this disc. As you do so, he activates something on his fancy wristwatch. And just a swarm of mechanical bats are released from the bottom of this flying saucer. Before I get to what they do, or Shatter, how are you doing in the air? What's what's your plan? Are you reforming glass under you? Are you falling? I think she's started to fall and she's going to grab... How high up are they? <laughs> I'd say about 30 feet in the air. You're... It would hurt to fall all the way to the ground. Um, Steve is absolutely going to be taking a powerful blow. And he is he has been shot into the ground. Uh, you are not falling with the velocity that he did. Yeah, no, Lilith is going to pop out the glass from like a street lamp that's nearby. Um, and she's not going to form a full disc under it, but she's just going to form it into like a bar of sorts that she can grasp onto and levitate that so that I mean I think she's going to kind of work on floating back down to the ground but it's going to you know be on her terms as she's holding on to this glass that she's got control of I think since you had it Mr. Roll and everything that's completely within your powers to kind of steady yourself there awesome yeah give me that uh, powerful blow roll like yeah, Steve, on the other hand. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be a heartbreaker's issue if Steve didn't take a, ta- a powerful blow. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's not a 10. It is, And that's plus your conditions? That is plus my conditions. Okay. <laughs> but it is on a 9. A, <laughs> a nine, you choose one. You lash out verbally and provoke a teammate to foolhardy action or take advantage of your influence to inflict a condition. Give ground. Your opposition gets an opportunity. Or you struggle past the pain, mark two conditions. Oh, man. I think Steve is just going to give ground right now. He is... Yeah, so he flies straight down through this glass platform like he's fired out of a cannon and just lands flat on his back in just this huge like cloud of dirt and grass. And it's just kind of like... <laughs> yeah, and the opportunity that was given to the conductor is about four of these mechanical bats that were unleashed from the bottom of his saucer have swooped in and are holding him at different points along his arm and uh, keeping him aloft. And shortly after they do so, you can kind of see their eyes twitch and they have a lot of red mechanical and uh, beeping lights on them. 
they kind of flash and shudder and these reform they kind of merge and in moments the conductor has a harness like pair of bat wings that these four mechanical bats have formed into that are supporting him and the rest of the swarm of bats has headed towards our three heroes since he is on the ground and in his own little crater these little mechanical vampire bats uh two of them have landed on you and they are taking samples of your blood uh, mm. ryan your brambles have just absolutely not only sent the current to ground but they are mad and they are reflecting your feelings right now and violent thorns have just jutted out almost by instinct and pierced anyone that came anywhere close to you there's just 15 mechanical bats spiked on giant nasty thorns that have come out of your brambles that were extended upwards. And Lilith, as you are floating down on this thing, the bats are heading your way. She's going to, since she's closer to the ground now, and I imagine there's a decent amount of glass on the ground since we just dropped her glass platform on the ground. There's glass um, everywhere at this point from all the antics. Yeah. Some, I, some you've grown, some that's shattered. <laughs> There's glass. Yeah, so she's going to pick up all those pieces and reform them around her in another... It's not quite as cool of a bubble since she's doing it really fast, but it's protective and it's it's a little more like sharp edge like jagged edges this this bubble that's just kind of an immediate protection mode perfect then yeah give me a roll to uh unleash your powers as you bring this glass up around you in a makeshift jagged bubble to repel these bats that's a nine all right do we want to uh include any team in the pool we have five that's gone unused (laughs) <laughs> well we used two of them on like the first or thing. i guess three three left you're correct yeah, it's been too long left. sorry think, not to point uh, out that we have less team than justin thought we did but uh, <laughs> i think ryan is probably more focused on steve at this point so probably isn't going to help shatter sorry <laughs> you've charged from 20 drones you gave opportunity but i don't think you're down for the count, Steve. You can see this happening. After like, yeah. you probably brushed off the bats, two or three of them did definitely get away with little syringe-like samples of your blood, and they are now fluttering back up to the conductor and circling around him. Yeah, I just, from like wherever I am flat on my back, I'm just gonna like kind of haphazardly blast lightning just trying to clear as many of these bats away from Lilith as I can. All right. On a 10 plus, you do it. So this shield does what it needs to do. And the bats, the swarm that's coming at you, they are just shredded in this mangle of glass you have rotating around you. And the last couple that look like they were going to make it through the gaps left current runs through them and fries their circuits as the electric kid finishes the last of them off and with that the conductor above you he notices and has been for some time holding off the mantis who has been trying to infiltrate his network 
and you see in this cloud of drones above you um, a ripple and a pierce and they're the red lights of a section of the drones to the northeast just all spontaneously turn green and the mantis in his full black techno suit is starting to like head in with a swarm of drones around him as he is piercing the conductor's network. Yeah, he is looking down at his crash saucer and the painting he left behind and says, cutting my losses, it must be done. He looks towards Steve and says, you will pay for this transgression. He swoops off with the remainder of the mechanical bats and his newly formed wings. As the Mantis approaches, he sends the remainder of his drone still in his command to just kind of swarm around him. I think the Mantis and his drones are easily able to combat them, but they give him time for the conductor to make his escape. How do you all react to this? You've had a pretty big engagement with a major villain. Mighty Briar is like running over to Steve's little crater. <laughs> I don't think that her brambles have stopped being in like massive thorn mode. I think um, she's really afraid. Maybe I should mark the afraid condition because <laughs> honestly, yeah. like she's she's like really fucking scared. So maybe if I'll you do ever that. It's appropriate. You're you're <laughs> always able to do that, and I mean, it definitely makes sense within the fiction. So um, so yeah, I think uh, she she runs over to like Steve's crater and she's like trying to get to him. But like, if she even does manage to get to him, like the, the brambles are so sharp and so big that like, he won't be able to do anything to Steve without like hurting him. Steve sees the, uh, familiar hulking shadow of Ryan lumbering over and just kind of like, tilts his head back so he's kind of looking at him upside down from where he's flat on his back it's just it's, hey buddy did we get him i think ryan will uh kneel at steve's head and the the brambles will all kind of like hover around him they won't they won't touch steve because we don't want to hurt steve but we're trying to do our thing and you know be uh like physically affectionate even though we're a bit prickly right now and say i i think so good job dude that was that was really cool with the brambles i was i was trying to do that and then it kind of backfired and steve is trying to share a triumphant celebration with his buddy yeah, read that move for us. So when the Janus shares a triumphant celebration with someone, ask them if they see you as the person wearing the mask or the person underneath it. The former mark potential and clear condition. If the latter take influence over them, if you reveal yourself. Hey, man, do you think... Do you think I'm really cut out for this thing? Where's Where's Lilith? Sorry, is is Lilith nearby enough to overhear this? I'm going to let you decide that based on what would be your thing. I think Lilith saw the mantis coming and her immediate thought around, well, like, he's kind of a big deal. And I think her immediate thought was, oh, no, I'm going to get in trouble for 
having broken the windows. So I think she's kind of frantically trying to reassemble all of the windows in the university (laughs) that she broke or that she didn't break. I mean, probably not all her fault, but that's so cute. She's so (laughs) cute. I love her. We'll say a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. <laughs> uh, cool. I think I think Ryan like sighs and uh, their brambles are slowly starting to sort of like go back to normal and kind of relax a bit and stuff. And I think Ryan says, you're a fucking dumbass, but you're a hero. I think the the best heroes are all fucking stupid as you. God, I feel like Uncle Patrick. Oh, Steve's gonna give Ryan a hug and be like, "Oh, thanks." I think. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the Brambles are like Ryan's hugging Steve, obviously, but some of the Brambles, like they're all. Yay! We're worried um, about our Steve. Yeah. Cool. So I get to mark potential and clear condition. Oh man, I like both of those things. <laughs> you need both of those things. I need both of those things. Guys, guys, we should celebrate and comfort each other more often. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lilith is going to let them have their like She's picked up on the the friend vibes between Ryan and Steve, I think, and it's kind of hard like, not to. I think <laughs> I just like would feel like a third wheel if she tried to intervene in that. So she's just going to be fixing the windows. Yeah, as Shatter is reforming these shattered glass panes and windows throughout the university, the Mantis having taken care of and reprogrammed his series of drones to tear through with their little metal ball bearings, the decoy drones left by the conductor is now hover floating over to you in a semi Iron Man fashion, but more casual Like you just kind of floating Things along. Air, like, yeah. yeah. It's more, I think Martian Manhunter style. Exactly. In the yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah. He floats in navigates and he's moving forward. On his arm, he has held up his nanotech has formed into a bit of a a really high definition screen. You can tell through his his red mechanical eyes are glancing between the screen and all of you. He says, "Yeah, that all checks out. These are the one the vice sent me for." And he looks down. Probably should stay away from that kid. He's trouble. His father is trouble, as you saw today. But I got to give him credit. He called me in, and I wouldn't have expected that out of him. I wouldn't have expected any of you kids to be able to handle this today. So I'm going to let it slide. This isn't going to be a report I file, but if you guys are anything like the Midnighters, you better watch out. We don't tolerate threats to the city. Understood, sir. And if no one else says anything, like, besides that, he is going to head off and start assessing the damage as he moves around campus. Wait, can you sign my hoodie? (laughs) He hears it, looks back at you, 
but continues floating forward. <laughs> Next time, then. Right. Awesome. Cool. I think Ryan yeah. finally, like, picks his head up where he's had it resting on Steve's head because he's just been hugging him this whole time. He doesn't give a shit about Mantis. And uh, Ryan sort of, like, looks up and then he, like, elbows Steve towards wherever Shatter is. And he's like, maybe uh, maybe Shatter will sign your hoodie. Oh. Uh, the brambles are pushing you towards Shatter, by the way. I, um, that was, hi, that was, that was really cool. With the, the glass and the drones and the not getting cratered. Oh yeah, that was like a really cool explosion that you caused. I don't think Shatter realized that it that wasn't what he was trying to do. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you saw that the distraction had worked and took advantage. And kind of looks awkwardly over his shoulder at Ryan, like, "Am I doing this right?" There's still a bramble like at your back, which just kind of like like pokes you. <laughs> uh, Even. I- Snakes up your back and like grabs your neck and twists it back. <laughs> Which I mean, Lilith is also now like looking over Steve's sh- shoulder at Ryan. <laughs> Ryan's just pointing at Steve, pointing at the electric kid. Like, don't look at me. Look over there. Do you like? Do you like do this often? I uh, just actually kind of started, but. Yeah, actually, uh, my my friend, uh, <clears throat> colleague, teammate, the uh, the mighty Briar, and I, uh, yeah, we're we're kind of like a, a team, you know, like a superhero team. I mean, or we're like starting one, I guess. It, do you do you have like a super team that you you run around with? Or no, not yet. Well, Steve's getting like a good really wants an invite. <laughs> well, I mean, like if you are, are looking for a team, I guess we could we could, you know, I mean, if it's all right with you, Brian, I think. Brian is still just like the brambles are just jabbing you in the back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it'd be cool. We could like hang out and fight evil sometime again. Um, Lilith is going to grab a piece of glass and pick it up and etch her phone number in it and hand it to Steve. Yes! <laughs> Steve is going to look at it like it is simultaneously the most valuable thing he's ever seen in his life and also like it might explode at any second. Awesome! I will... Yeah, I will be in touch on the communicators that we have. But I don't totally. have a communicator. I just okay. have a phone. Cool. Me too, actually. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I'll let you know the next time we're going out to fight bad guys or whatever. And cool. with that, I think that's a perfect time for us to have several zooming panels upwards catching this, the... I think we can call it the the official formation of the Heartbreakers with Shatter now in their company. And in the final pane of this comic, the reader sees the rest of the painting 
that has been fully unobscured after all the chaos. And it is a portrait of the St. James family with Redmond, Ruby, Gray, and their mother in this portrait. And in one of the corners where Shatter's glass has snagged it, there's just a red flashing light blinking over and over again. And that's that. Should we do end of session moves? Yeah! I feel like we should. Absolutely. I think they're fun. Let's do it. All right. Let's start with Steve then. Have you grown closer to the team, away from the team, or into your own image of yourself, Electric Kid? I think Electric Kid has grown closer to the team, specifically Brian. Mainly just because, like, I don't know, he's starting to kind of realize that his, you know, that he has, like, an impact on people and that, like, it's not always, you know, going to be just, like, sunshine and rainbows and running around bashing shrimp monsters together. (laughs) But that, that, like, yeah, like, he and Ryan have each other's backs, and you know, they've, yeah. Adorable. Yeah, they're um, adorable, and I love they. Ryan already has influence of you. Get to they shift get to my shift. labels. I think I'm going to shift your danger up. Because I'm, I'm realizing that you, you be doing dangerous shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I and, do shitty shoot the lightning. <laughs> and I think I'm going to shift your... Uh, Maybe I'll shift your mundane down. (gasps) Whoa. Oh, wait. I don't think my mundane can go any lower. Fuck. Why do I always pick the one that's the lowest? (laughs) Uh, Can I change? (laughs) You can pick another one. I mean, I could always enforce it, but like, what's. We have the precedent of letting. (laughs) We've done that before. Makes less sense in the end of session moves than it does like yeah, normal. Exactly. That's just my personal <laughs> feeling. <laughs> During the session, you better believe I'll make you mark conditions because this is the heartbreakers. But in this case, absolutely. So, what would you like to shift instead? Lower my superior savior freak. Did you hear? I was going to shift your savior down in name. Perfect. Uh, because yeah, awesome. you're 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 a danger to yourself, and you can't save people because you keep being dangerous to yourself. <laughs> All right, and uh, mighty Briar, have you grown closer away from or into your own image of yourself? Um, hmm, it's a tough one. You ask tough questions, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've grown into my own image of myself. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I think I'm growing into how do I phrase this? I think that for Ryan, best person in the world is is Patrick. And I think that this session Ryan grew a little bit closer to becoming more like Patrick, I think. Mm-hmm. So I think um yeah. I love that. 
All right. How are you going to shift your own labels? So I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to shift my mundane up and my, my savior down because that's what Patrick wanted me to do before. Oh, perfect. And Shatter, how about yourself? Yeah, I think that Lilith grew closer to the team. I think she's excited by the idea of having some people again because she has been lonely. (laughs) She is (laughs) very used to having people around constantly all of the time and has not had that for the last little bit. So um, I think she is excited by the prospect of maybe being part of something again. And I think it's going to have to be Steve that made her feel most welcome. What? How? Absolutely. He technically is the one who extended the invitation, so. Okay, well, you get to clear a condition or mark potential. And Steve, I believe you already have influence over Shatter, so how would you like to shift her labels, unless I'm mistaken? Um, you are not mistaken. Let's see, Steve sees Shatter as awesome superhero who is out, like, saving people. So, yeah, he's gonna up your savior and lower your freak. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, guys. I had a blast with the first volume of The Heartbreakers. Wonderworld Comics is an actual play podcast of Masks, A New Generation, by Brendan Conway. This issue was GM'd by Justin Reed, who can be found on Twitter at WWComicsStitch. Shatter is played by Kyra Nelson, who can be found on her Twitter at Kyra M. Nelson. Mighty Briar is played by Kaylee Newberry, who can be found on their Twitter at Kaylee underscore Newberry. The Electric Kid is played by Michael Dunham, who can be found on his Twitter at Galvanic Man. Wonderworld Comics is produced by Michael Dunham, and it is edited by Michael Dunham and Justin Reed. The music is from Dvorak Symphony Number no. 9. Do you have questions or comments? You can get a hold of us on Twitter at WWComicsPodcast, or send us an email at www.comicspodcast at gmail.com.